Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Anti-Bullying 101. This podcast is designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Enjoyed the podcast, everybody. Hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host, and we are here to talk about things that are related to bullying, and that could be harassment, intimidation, that could be workplace bullying, that could be sexual harassment, that could be community bullying. Uh, You know, with all that's going on today in communities and in schools, And there is so much, you know, uh, resistance because of the pandemic with wearing of a mask, uh, dealing with people who are uh, are dealing with vaccinations. There's always this fighting and and carrying on that just can really start to look like, what do we got here, a bunch of kids? But they argue and fight and they try to intimidate one another. And we have that going on today. And what we're trying to do with this podcast is to create a kinder, more caring world where, you know, people get along and people, you know, they, they have a joy about them. They have peace. They have patience. They're gentle to one another. You know, you can get far further by being kind than you could ever get by being miserable. And it's just as easy to be kind. See, there's a choice that we all make in this world. Do we want to be kind where do we want to be miserable? And the bottom line is, if we're making that choice, if I'm making that choice, I'm going to do everything I can to, to be kind to others and to care about others. Because in reality, and think about this, folks, when I care about others, am I not caring about myself? Because I'm not all wound up, uh, aggravated, Uh, maybe experiencing health-related problems like high blood pressure, ulcers, and all kinds of other stuff 
because we have a tendency to get upset with the things that we can't control. So we're here to try and help people take a closer look at what they're doing and how they're treating others. Now, I can't do that alone. And what happened uh, yesterday, I had the opportunity to, in, to interview a gal named Katie Cooperman. Now, Katie uh, just published a new book, and it's titled The Only Way Out. Now, you can get this on Amazon, and I'm going to put up other places. Uh, you can get it on Goodreads, you know, and so on. I'm going to put this up uh, on in the uh, episode description. Kate is a super gal. Uh, in terms of her patience with me because I had an internet problem. And it seems like when I start doing an interview with somebody, all of a sudden I got an internet problem. And she was so kind and so caring. And we got about a third of the way through the interview. And my... my um, my Wi-Fi, my, it just stopped. The... the the Zoom stopped. So we had to get reconnected, but I lost about 15 minutes of the interview. Now, I'm going to try and get you up to speed on Kate, and then I'm going to play the, the interview for you, because I think the interview was great. And I think she answered a lot of questions. Now, Kate is a writer. She's an entrepreneur. She's a mother. She lives in Toronto with her family, and she's the principal, uh, she's the owner and principal copywriting, a copywriter of Striking Content, which is a content writing and strategizing business. And she has had a bunch of experiences. She was in competitive sports, travel. She has her own business. She's a mother. And she has a purpose for her writing. Um... And she is an anti-bullying advocate. And she's not afraid to voice her opinion. And she tried with this book to help open the eyes, this book, The Only Way Out, of some of the kids today. And help them understand to see what bullying and mental health struggles can really do to you. And she did a super job with the interview. Now, I asked her a few questions up front. And I think the biggest question that I had for, and you're going to hear some of the other ones, is what inspired you to write this book? And it was a, a gal named Amanda Todd. Um, Amanda Todd had a flashcard YouTube video and a tragic tale that affected her in a way that's probably... And, you know, we do get affected by things in, in a way that's just hard to describe. And she re remembered that she was at the gym, and she came across her story, and she, and she began to cry on the elliptical as she watched the video. It was the moment that she knew she wanted to write a book. And as she reflected on this, you know, today, this event today that she, you know, she really believes 
that the topic makes sense with who she is and what she stands for. And she's been an anti-bullying advocate for as long as she can remember. So part of the proceeds go to the Amanda Todd Legacy Foundation. So as when you purchase a book uh, through Kate or through Amazon or whatever you, wherever you, it's actually the Amanda Todd Legacy Society. And she's dedicated this book to her children and to Amanda Todd. And she sought out, you know, Amanda Todd's mother. And after explaining who she was and what she wrote, she asked for permission um, to write the book and, and, and dedicate it to Amanda Todd. Kate's a great gal. It's, it's, it's her dream that the book may have a positive effect on the perceptions and understandings and actions of those who read it. She's a super gal. Uh, I am so grateful for the patience that she had with me because I, you know, my with my internet. And I want to play for you the interview that we did uh, with Kate Cooperman. And we're just arriving at a point in the interview where we're discussing how we can help these kids. You see, Kate believes that kids have to have the trust that they can talk to somebody about their problem. Most of the time, victims of bullying do not communicate their concern. They don't talk about it. Talking helps build resiliency because you're getting skills from other people as you talk and you're getting a lot of stuff off your chest Remember, I've never heard of a bully go in and shoot up a school. It's always the victim who has got too much hurt and bitterness tamped down inside of them. So they not only have to get even with the bully, they got to get even with the world. And they start shooting up a school or a place of business or a movie theater, whatever it is. And we have to work with the victims. And we have to realize that there's a mental health issue in this country. And some of it is related to bullying. And Kate does a great job in communicating this. Now before I get off on a soapbox, I'm going to play for you this 30-minute interview. I think you're going to love it. And I encourage you to get on Amazon... And I'm going to leave Kate's website uh, also. I'm going to, I'll tell it to you, but it's going to be in the episode description. Uh, and it's Katie at theonlywayoutnovel.com. And you can go also to her website, www.theonlywayoutnovel.com. Please take the time to do this. There's plenty of stuff that I would like to share right now, after I've spoken to her. She's such an intelligent, caring gal. And I really want to give you 
the, um, the opportunity to hear her. So I'm going to give you this interview with Kay Cooperman. So we were talking about, um, you know, what we can do uh, for these kids. And you would come up with some, I, I think there has to be a comfort level in terms of being able to talk. They have to feel yes. comfortable in, in doing it. Um, and I'm not sure how we can, uh, and I think it's trust as well. They have to be able to trust someone uh, yes. so that they can um, uh, have that dialogue. And in school, and you, you raised a, a, an outstanding point that bullying occurs within your circle of friends first. It and is you, often the case, yes. And you don't even know that it's happening. Yeah. And someone I spoke to and interviewed recently about that exact point, she, you know, she was telling me that because it was in the circle of friends, she said something she's been hearing a lot more of recently too, is that the friends will bully, whether it's verbal, slightly physical, whatever it may be, cyber online, and then they'll say, oh, well, stop making such a big deal. Just joking. Just mm -hmm. joking. Lighten up. Mm -hmm. And then you start to think, oh, well, she's my friend or he's my friend. He's just joking. Mm -hmm. No, this is not the way that people are supposed to treat one another. Mm -hmm. It is bullying. Mm -hmm. But because these kids are now manipulating and masking the issue right from the start, right from the get go, it does make it makes you think second twice if you're in that situation. Mm -hmm. That's dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's exactly, you know, my whole thing is um, you got to choose your friends wisely. Yeah. Number one, kids are so desperate for friendships today. Yeah. Um, and girls especially, you know, in terms of the social aspect of hanging around with, you know, a group of girls, uh, whether they be um, uh, uh, part of your circle or not, or maybe you've met them on the soccer team, maybe you've met them, like my daughter just met two or three new friends because she was in the sixth grade play. Nice. Um, and it becomes, uh, it's almost like you have to vet your friends to make sure that they're not going to give you a hard time. Uh, yeah. And, and we don't, and we want the friends so bad that we end up putting up with too much. Yes. In the process, because we don't want to lose friends. We want to hang on to friends. Yes. Um, it's a very good point. You know, so the idea that, uh, you know, it only happens with people that don't like you. It, happen, it can happen with people that do like you and you don't even know it. Yeah. And it could be that they feel threatened by you for whatever for whatever reason, you know, also, you know, we talk about mental health sometimes in terms of the repercussions after bullying takes place, but it can also be the start of bullying because if you are struggling mentally and you're not talking about that openly, that can come out of you in, in, a, in the form of bullying and you can be bullying other people. Meanwhile, if perhaps you, you could have that dialogue with someone that you trust, you could be, you know, you could be addressing your issues or problems or struggles right from their root core and then not feeling the need to do mm -hmm. that anymore. Mm -hmm. I have to send you, um, and I'm going to a copy of anti-bullying 101. It's a, yes, book, please. It's, it's a book that I wrote. Um, uh, and in there, I, I talk about the, the idea that, um, friendships are, 
designed to edify. They're designed to, for us to uplift. They're designed for us to encourage. Uh, right. And I don't think kids understand it totally, that that's what a friend does. I mean, I can remember many years ago, um, I was at a play. I was supervising. I was a, I was a um, uh, principal of a high school, and I was at a play. And the 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 lead in the play the lead in the play was this absolutely drop dead good looking guy that when he started singing the, everybody <laughs> in the whole audience went crazy you know mostly <laughs> girls mostly <laughs> and i was jealous so <laughs> i'm kidding but <laughs> but um when he came out of the play and he stood in the corridor in the you know like outside the auditorium the entire football team came up and congratulated him like he scored the winning touchdown wow and that's the stuff i'm talking about exactly exactly that, see that's what i want to see and yeah. of course the next day i went to the athletic director i told him what happened because i see that I see that as us valuing the differences, valuing yes. that I'm not, he's not a football player, but he yeah. has as much talent as anybody else outside of sports. We got to recognize it. So I, that's what I hope, you know, yes. kids will begin to realize. Who do you think the book is for? Who do you think is going to, going to read the book? I mean, I mean, I'd like to think that parents would read it, but who do you think yeah. would read this book? Yeah, so you hit on one of them. Um, I would say that my primary audience is 12 to 13 through to 18 plus. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I say 12 to 13 because I think that's kind of a fine line. I think 12 year olds might be ready to read it. Mm -hmm. um, and I would actually like that because that means they're going to be reading it before they go to high school, mm -hmm. which it's my hope that it could have some very small um, positive impact. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think that to start that conversation about open dialogue, appreciating one another, lifting each other up, appreciating one another for, for differences, that, that has to be some kind of multi-pronged approach, wouldn't you say? That needs to come from teaching at school, the books that we read, the TV shows that we watch, the games that we play, what parents are saying to us, how do our parents treat us and treat each other? Mm -hmm. Then how do we see this over here at soccer practice, over here at the school play? If everybody starts talking about the fact that, you know, this is the way we really could be, and, and this is the way we could be acting, and you can, you should feel um, absolutely welcome to say anything that's on your mind. That's your right. That's, that's you know, if we all start talking this way, it will only be a matter of time before we can see that shift. But it's got to be from every angle, I think. Mm -hmm. And bullying is a form of domination. Yeah. We're, we we want to dominate someone else. Mm. Uh, and mm -hmm. the, the interesting thing is um, I, I, I look at bullying starting almost parentally. At, yeah. At, at, at the, and I don't mean the parents bully. Yeah. What I mean is the parents lose, have lost their ability in many circles that I've seen today. And, I, you know, I'm 67, so I'm, I'm an old man. So I've seen... Oh, no, that's of, young. 
I've seen a lot, and I've seen a lot of of um, parenting, you know, um, techniques that people use, you know, and so on. Yeah. And I think what happens, and I'm using the word domination right now in a positive way, there, someone has to be able to manage a kid. Their parents yeah. should manage. I've seen parents that almost are begging their kids to do things. Yes. The kids aren't listening and they've gotten out of control and the parents are almost afraid of their own kids. Well, right. from a domination standpoint, in a good way. A parent yes. has to dominate their kids so that they understand that they have to do what somebody is telling them to do. Yes. And when we allow kids to get too far out of control, then they start using, they, t- they begin to dominate the parents, then they dominate everybody else. Yes. And that, I think that's a very good point. And that becomes something that is a concern. Uh, to me. So if this book is going to help parents, you know, it's something that they should all get. uh, I know. And that's sort of the, the, that's sort of the second, the second, third piece. You know, I've, again, I've had a number of different people read this and a lot of them have been parents. So I think this book can definitely resonate with parents, even just to welcome, welcome that dialogue and understand you know, how serious this really is, because yeah, it starts with this and that, or someone says something mean online, the way that escalates and the way that kids are ingraining that suffering, it's leading to serious, serious issues. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if parents can gain a further understanding of that, um, you know, then they can be more ready and willing to begin with that open dialogue and understand, yes, you, you're a parent, this is your job, you have to do that tough job, you have to be able to um, control your children to that certain extent. Again, just like you, not to say that in a negative way, but, mm-hmm. you know, parents, influencers, educators, um, you know, I've got some teachers that have started to become interested in this too, just for their classrooms, because they're seeing issues. So I think this book can hopefully be for, for a number of different audiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously it, it's, well, first of all, how did you come up with the name for the book? Right. So that's that's an interesting story, actually. So when I first wrote the book, it was called Bystander No More. And I I just I don't know how I came up with that. I just I settled on that. I was I didn't think twice about it. Um, And I I named it that initially because, um, you know, a big part of the book, it's it's not just bully and victim. It's the fact that there's also a bystander involved. And that's another, you know, key piece of the bullying puzzle. You know, who's seeing what? And can that person speak out? You know, why does it always have to fall on the victim who may not be ready yet, right? So there's that bystander side of it. Who's seeing what? And can those people start to be part of the conversation? Mm-hmm. Um, so I named it that. And then it was, it was recently in the last couple of... Uh, you know, months, years, as I was sort of perfecting it and ready to, to put this into print. And my husband said to me, um, you still really like that title, Bystander No More? And I said, oh, well, what, what, what do you mean? You don't like it? He said, well, you know, I don't know. What does that even mean? And, you know, is that really strong enough? Mm-hmm. And then I started realizing, no, it's not strong enough. This is maybe not a great title. And then I went through, oh my goodness, I don't even know how long. Titles are so hard and so important. 
So I went through a, a big process there of, of trying to come up with a new title. It took a long time and a lot of, you know, spitballing back and forth with different people. And, and then I, I, I arrived at this one, the only way out. And I like that a lot better. And there's a reason why that title is so good because, you know, the other one was very much one-sided. It's only talking about really the bystander, which is a big part of the story, but it's not everything. Hmm. The only way out is the name of the book because my message, the only way out, which really is talking, that is the only way out for a wide range of scenarios. Hmm. It's the only way out for someone who is doing the bullying. They have to start talking about why they feel they're doing this. What are they struggling with? Mm-hmm. It's the only way out for the victim because if they have the, the courage and, and the will to speak out to someone they trust, that's the start of their solution. Mm-hmm. It's the only way out for the bystander because if they cut that silence, if they cut that silence trend, then we can start to move in a more positive direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you made that change. And uh, you know what? And all of them are great. All, everything you just spoke about for the bully, the victim, the bystander, you know, for everyone. Um, and the, the, uh, the ability to communicate, you know, with others. I think that the, one of the key lines that I taught my own children, but I, I taught it to kids in school, was when someone mm-hmm. is treating you poorly... And I actually started using it when I was involved in meetings with parents who flipped. Mm. Uh, and it was, you know, I'm not used to being spoken to this way. You can either Ooh. you can either calm down or we'll have this meeting at another point. Um, and, that is good. And I taught my kids to say, you know, I'm not used to being spoken to this way. You, you can either calm down or, you know, or I'm just, you know, we're not going to hang around here. We're getting out of here because I'm not going to deal with this. Yes. Uh, and you're communicating to people that, you know what? I'm not taking this. Yes. You know, I'm not taking it. And and I, again, it's the talking yeah. that you uh, that you talk about in your book. It's the talking, the communication. All of that is cleansing to to others, to, to, to yes. like cleansing to the person because they're getting it off their chest. Yes. See, by the way, you've never heard of a a victim going in or a bully going in and shooting up a school. It's usually the victim because they got so much kicking. Uh-huh. Around. They got so much kicking around. Uh-huh. Okay, they don't know what to do with it. So they not only have to get even with the bully, they got to get even with the world. Yeah, wow. What, Another huge do. point. That's what they do, what they do. Uh, yeah. They do it. Um, yeah. What was the one of the harder pieces of the book for you to write? Yeah. Um, one of the harder pieces was, you know, I go into a lot of depth about the, there's something medical that, that takes place. And in order to make that very accurate, from just a medical standpoint Mm -hmm. to make sure that, you know, what I was depicting in the story could actually have happened in real life. I had to do a lot of research. Mm -hmm. It's also probably the most climactic point of the book. So, um, you know, figuring out how to really um, describe all of those medical components in a way that 
also wouldn't go completely over people's heads, but also right. knew that this is possible. This, this could actually happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, that was tough. That, that was a lot of research. It was also a tough part of the book because right. that's right in the depths of where I'm really pulling on a lot of heartstrings. Right. Right. Yeah. We're talking to Kate Cooperman. She's the author of the only way out. And it's a great book. If you haven't, uh, Got your copy. You can get it on Amazon, right, uh, Kate? That's right. That's right. And, and I also have a, a book website up. It's called theonlywayoutnovel.com. Anybody can go there for more information or to stay up to date. And uh, Amazon, it's on Amazon as well. And you have a Facebook page, right? I do. I have a Facebook page. I'm also on Instagram. Katie Cooperman writes on Instagram and uh, The Only Way Out Novel on Facebook. Okay, now that that's a, just a little short commercial in between here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just in case the internet goes down again. <laughs> I'm sure we got that. What what part of the book did you find the most enjoyable to write? Yeah, definitely the ending because you know, leading up to the end, when there's this, there's a there's a very significant pivot that takes place, mm-hmm. both uh, you know emotionally, mentally, physically. Uh, all of that. And then, you know, it's, it's this extra added energy and excitement and this feeling of propelling forward uh, that I, that I try to really drive home uh, leading up to the end in the last few chapters. So that was definitely uh, the most uplifting and uh, my favorite part to write for sure. But it was so tricky to get the end right. I had to redo that a number of times too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How How long did it take you to write the book? It took me about a year to write it because I was also writing it, you know, on the side I'm still running my, my copywriting business. So mm-hmm. it was always sort of in my spare time that I was writing that. Um, but yeah, it took me about a year, but then it took me almost a whole, you know, other year after that to write, uh, to, to make it more current. Um, you know, I decided to change a few things, make it more current for today, adding in elements of more elements of cyberbullying, social media, um, you know, even bringing Uber in there, you know, stuff like that, just to to make it more current for today's audience. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the editing, the endless editing and polishing and and so forth. So that was extra time after that. But you do a lot of copywriting and writing and so on in your business. So is, is the editing easier for you because you yeah. do those things? I would say so. You know, I can I can look at a piece and know exactly how I want to change it the second I read those words. So it's time consuming, but it's rare that I get really stuck. You know, there was a couple of places where I was stuck where, um, you know, a few people close to me said, you know, I think this this section isn't realistic. Try changing it and things like that. So, you know, that was very invaluable to me to have that kind of feedback, almost like beta readers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. How, how do you, where do you get your ideas to write? How do you find uh, Yeah, that's, that's, I would say that's really everyday life. You know, as I'm moving through any given day, whether it, whether it's playing with my kids or working or taking a walk outside in the forest, cooking, ideas will come to me and I'll very quickly jot them down on a piece of paper or add them to my forever list on my smartphone there. Thank goodness for that notepad. <laughs> You know, the, the, you know, you raise such a great point because I was raised over a bar um, in a small town in, in northern New Jersey. All and, right. Um, and the, the, the interesting thing is, as I moved out of education, out of public education and into 
you know, teaching at a college level, you know, and so on, which I've done for 22 years now. Right. Um, the what what has fueled my popularity, if you will, with my students is the, the fact that I became a storyteller. I and because I got so much information yes. from the bar, from um, when I worked as an administrator, when I was a special ed teacher, and so on. And uh, so I decided that I was going to take all of them because I've I've written. I don't know. I've written probably 500 stories, articles, different things. And I wow. put, I'm putting it into a book called Monologues. Ooh, that's, that's good. What, that's what it is. It's all just books. They're all just stories. It, wow. No, no relation to any, no interrelate, no, just a bunch of stories in a book. So hopefully that'll, that'll That's work. great. When's that going to come out? I'm still, uh, I probably have another 10 or 15 stories to tell, but probably okay. I'm going to say by maybe the end of the summer, something like that. Nice. I'm, I'm involved with a bunch of stuff right now. So, um, and uh, I'd like to think I'm retired, but I get up every morning and I always got plenty to do. That's great uh, though. <laughs> what is it? What is a pantser? Okay, so a pantser is someone who writes a book or some kind of significant piece of writing, right. and they do not outline and plan the full piece in advance. So they don't say, it's going to be this, then this, then this, then this, all these things are going to happen. Here's this overall sequential order. That is a plotter. So a plotter says, here's my book. Here's exactly what I'm going to write about before the pen hits the paper. Mm -hmm. Whereas a pantser begins writing and quite literally lets that entire process and experience just take them wherever it may go. They have no idea how it will end. They have no idea where it might go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Extemporaneous writing almost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I got you. Kate, is there anything else that you want to share with us right now? I mean, I, I mean, you shared a little bit about your websites, but yeah, you're you're doing a lot of different things. I would imagine. Uh, mm -hmm. you just you just you just published this book. What are what's some of the other stuff you want to share about Kate Cooperman that that I think my listeners would like to hear? Oh, sure. Kind of the stuff that's not about all the writing. I'll say one last piece. You know about the book. I will say that um, you know it's really my my hope and my dream that for the people who read this that I can have even a teensy weensy positive impact on either your perceptions, your understandings, and your actions going forward after you read this. That, that's, my, that's my hope and dream. That's my purpose behind what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. You know, another big part of this that means so much to me is um, I, I managed to find Carol Todd, who's Amanda Todd's mother. I found her online. We connected. We've spoken over the phone. And, um, you know, after explaining who I was, what I was doing, what I wanted to do, um, you know, I was, it, it became very important to me that I could honor this girl's life in some small way. Mm. And so Carol Todd did give me permission and the book is dedicated to my two children and also to Amanda Todd. And further to that, um, I'm pleased, again, just added meaning, extra motivation and purpose behind what I'm doing. Uh, a portion of all book proceeds will be donated to the Amanda Todd Legacy Society, 
Mm. which is the organization that Carol created in her daughter's name. It helps um, youth and young adults with bullying issues, mental health issues on the ground with education and various other programs and initiatives that they do. So that's something else that's extremely important that, that makes me feel good for everything I'm trying to do with, with all of this as well. And people can feel good if they buy the book, right? You know, that, that piece is, is going to a good cause, a good purpose, mm-hmm. hopefully a movement in the right direction. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that's beautiful. That really is. So you're working with someone who has, uh, and you're, de- and you're, um, uh, giving a portion of the proceeds of the book to, to the Amanda Todd legacy. That's a beautiful thing. That, yeah. That really thank is, you. Thank that you. really is. You yeah. Know, um, anything else about Kate Cooperman that we need to? Yeah. Know? You know, I would say off off of the uh, the writing computer screen in my office here. You know, I've got a beautiful family. There's nothing I value more than that quality time uh, with my with my kids and my husband and even my extended family. Everybody's I, I value them all so much. We all have great times and. Um, there's nothing. I'm also a big fan of a nice, strong espresso, uh, walks in the forest, something about being around big, tall trees that, that really, I don't know. That's just, that calms my breathing immediately. You know, if I, if my mind is thinking about all the things that I got to do, it's just something about being in that presence, that nature, I believe strongly in that too, getting outside. Um, I used to be a competitive dancer and gymnast. I now teach dance at one of my best friend's dance studios close to my house. So I keep dance in my life. That keeps me, you know, getting off the computer and being creative in other ways. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's it. I love to cook, love to cook, cook all kinds of things in my kitchen. I'm not really much of a baker, but I love to cook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Kate, it has been an absolute thrill being with you. It's been it, it, such an honor to be here. Thank you so, so no, much. No, the, the pleasure was all mine. I, I really mean that. Thank you so um, much. And chatting with you. Um, hopefully, maybe we can do it again. I mean, I would there, love to. There are, um, I have one other gal right now um, who um, comes on. I have like, a, she's maybe she'll come on like every other month or something like that. I would love to do that. You know, yes. And then, and then you wouldn't come on as a guest. You'd come on as a co-host. So yeah, we, absolutely. We would, we would share some ideas and we would do a little co-hosting together. And I think that's also something that's good. Um, absolutely. I, I I'd love that. I doing that. Um, and uh, anything, you know, that, that we can do together to help put an end to this thing, I think it's... Uh, I think it's worthwhile. So more conversation. Absolutely. And I just, yeah, agreed. And I just wanted to also say that I think everything that you're doing is absolutely incredible. And, uh, you know, people like you and I, I think we need to just keep plugging and, and that's, that's really what it's going to be all about. That's all we can do. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we'll get more people on our side. Mm -hmm. Any effort, no matter how big or how small will always be rewarded. Uh, and that's how I look at it. Like that. Just put the effort yes. in and something good will happen. Don't leave me. Absolutely. We're, we're going to end the recording. Okay. But okay. Kate, it has been a pleasure being with you and we will talk again real soon. Okay. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you have it. That was my interview with Katie Cooperman. Um, one busy lady. Uh, She really is uh, doing a whole lot of stuff, 
I, I want to remind everyone, and I'm going to have a link to the Amanda Todd Legacy Society uh, in this episode description, that part of the proceeds from the sale of her book, The Only Way Out, is uh, given to that that's that uh, legacy society, the Amanda Todd Legacy Society. So you're you're not only purchasing a book, you're making a donation to a very, very, very worthy cause. A worthy cause. And I'm going to have all of the links and everything in this episode description so you can get a hold of Kate whenever you want to. Uh, it was a, a great interview and I was thrilled that I was able to do it. My name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. Hey, don't forget about me either. I got a website. It's bullyproofclassroom.com. Go there, go to my store, take a look at stuff. I got two new books out. One is the Teacher Survival Guide. The other one is um, The Power of Consistency. Take a look at both of those. I'll have a link to that in this description too. But mostly I want you to really focus on Kate right now because I think she did a great job with this interview. Once again, my name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. I am just so thrilled and so happy we got another day it's wednesday another day under my belt i woke up this morning and i was vertical i didn't uh, you know i was able to stand up and get out there and do battle with the day and i think we got to be grateful for the small things in life i think those are the things that really make a difference your family your friends your health those are the important things so once again Thank you, everyone, for listening to Anti-Bullying 101.